You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Um, it is pre-Friday, which is great. Um, God, it's been a long week, um, and uh, we're getting there. I'm excited to get a little sleep in tomorrow, but I'm more excited to join you guys today. And there's Scott. Uh, we'll pull him on in. Hey, Scott, thank you for taking care of some uh, technical stuff in the back end. Good morning to you. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Uh, yeah, it's uh, we've done so many shows that we're running out of storage. We got to go clean things up a little bit. You know, they're getting they're getting saved on YouTube anyway, so we're all right. Yeah, I mean, we have just only good takes in there, so we want to make sure we archive and save everything. Right? There's nothing stupid that we've said or been wrong on. We're we're just always right. You know, uh, better than meteorologists, better than baseball players. You know, we're we're probably batting about 800. I would say that's which pretty good at least. And the and the other two were just you know questionable calls. Yeah, I mean, the stuff that hasn't been determined yet, or it's not our fault. You know, we just didn't have all the information, um, which is really important in this industry. Um, but guys, I want to say hello to Dave Glassman that's in the house. Uh, you, someone in, is a football guy when they use classical UK terms sorted. Um, I'm not sure what you're exactly saying there, Dave, but uh, you have to let us know what your football team is. Um, Getting things to- sorted. So that's a UK term is what he's saying. Okay. We got we to we got to sort things out. We got to get it sorted. The the uh, we're we're running out of cornerbacks in Denver. We got to get it sorted. Oh my god, <laughs> unbelievable! Um, for the cornerbacks, the EJ's in the house too. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you. Mo Ron is saying, can't we keep putting three starters on the IR each? Can't keep putting three starters on the IR each week, can we? Um, well, eventually you get three starters back. Hopefully, you know that's yeah. the key is uh, you start getting three starters back from the IR as you get through this mm-hmm. early slate of games and start getting into the dog days, and uh, things start improving. Things start looking pretty good. Yeah, it's not like the Raiders who have already lost two trench starters to the uh, IR for the entire year. These guys should come back. Now the question is, how good are they when they come back? Like, what is their percent? Like, if you have Judy coming back at 75%, he's still, you know, a good wide receiver going to use him. But that's a uh, that's a concern. Uh, Darby with the hamstring. I mean, I think Boye last year, I think Boye had a hamstring. It's either he always has a hamstring historically or he had a, a turf or ankle injury. I can't remember, but you know, those hamstrings can linger as well, especially because I think they, uh, they found out with Darby with the MRI that it is a, a slight tear in the hamstring, which is a big concern for the cornerback position, especially. Um, but you know, we'll and, see. And what did they say on Judy? Cause it looked like he was going to break his leg. Um, you know, so hopefully it, Sometimes a really bad ankle sprain can be worse than a clean break. A clean breaks usually six weeks, done and dusted. Um, but it, so was it any ankle damage or was it just the flexing of the bone that is causing so much soreness he can hardly walk? Uh, it does not sound like there's any structural damage to mm-hmm. the ligaments, um, but it, it might be pretty darn inflamed. Um, honestly, yeah. I'd have to see what the scan looks like. It doesn't sound like it also sounds like there's some contrarianness going on between what we've been told and what some other people have said. So Vic Fangio came out and said four to six weeks. And then some people like, Oh yeah, it's probably, it's way more likely to be six weeks, maybe six plus. So uh, I don't know. I mean, it was high, you know, the, when he got rolled over, it was high. It was a tibia fibula type of thing. I was like, you know, good thing his, his lower leg bones were made out of rubber or he was in trouble. Um, But hopefully, you know, hopefully no ligament damage in his ankle on top of that. Cause you know, like I said, I've broken both of my ankles, both wrists, broken all kinds of stuff. And broken bones are usually, you can set your watch by them. It's usually six weeks before you're ready to go again. Yeah. Yeah. Not not great. Um, what is great is everybody coming in and commenting. Good morning, everyone. Go Broncos from DBA. Victor Rios is in the house as well. Good morning, guys. Good to see you. 
Dave saying he was commenting at a stoplight. Forgive my syntax. Be be safe, Dave. We appreciate you listening. That's why we did this show originally for the morning drive. But uh, be safe out there. Mark Anthony's in the house. Uh, any chance this offense is better than we expected and our defense is worse than we expected? Our depth is getting tested early. Of course, that's possible. Um, you know, you are really banking on a a lot of new guys in the secondary. Um, I would say that given the all pro status of Kyle Fuller, he somewhat left me wanting. Now he was fine. Don't get me wrong. He was good, but you know, not this like top five cornerback in the NFL good uh, against the giants. So that, I mean, that's possible losing Chubb, he might be, you know, lingering effects there. I was not, unfortunately I was not impressed with uh, Malik Reed and Jonathan Cooper in that game or uh, Andre Mintz. Um, so excited to get Chubb back, but it's definitely possible. And also I think we may be underrated. Um, the growth of a young offense uh, as well as a competent quarterback, right? Like just getting a competent quarterback that can get the ball to these guys in time. We've said in theory that should work, but on Sunday it looked better than I think anybody could have hoped. Well, and, and what we said about all of these guys is they're, everything's quarterback dependent. Yeah. So if the quarterback is playing well, everybody gets better. Everybody across the line, uh, your receivers get better because they get more opportunities. It was one of the... I think last week, I think it may have been Jeremy. Jeremy, if you're in here already, we had a little back and forth on the can Teddy elevate the players around him? Yes, absolutely he can. Yeah. If he's getting the ball to his playmakers, you know, somebody's saying, well, he's just a catch and run guy. I'm like, well, getting the guy, the getting guys the ball in places where they make positions is how you elevate their, their, their status and how you make yeah. them better players. Yeah. And uh, Teddy will absolutely do that. And, I'm not saying Drew Locke wouldn't have because we've been saying all along the quarterback play was going to improve. But, yeah, Teddy Teddy's going to make everybody around him better uh, if he's playing well, for sure. Yeah, nope, absolutely. And uh, let's get to a little bit of matters of business, of course, guys. This is Broncos for Breakfast. Uh, you can follow Scott and myself, uh, Scott at Scout Kennedy, and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you guys are following us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle over on Twitter. If you guys are, um, if you like the gear, we got some new gear uh, for the Huddle Up podcast, obviously, um, and for Broncos for Breakfast. So I'm going to have to get that hat. It's on the way already. Um, but go to huddleuppod.com to get your swag on. Also, guys, over on Facebook, go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Um, and YouTube folks, subscribe, like, and share. Also, want to give you guys a little incentive uh, to support the show. We are going to have another raffle this month. Um, so if you get in any super chat, super stickers, superstars, which I think we're a little slow so far, guys, what's going on? Um, but uh, you can win a uh, Justin Simmons jersey uh, this month, which would be, I mean, gosh, he's really embodying the safety position in Denver. Like I've said on the show before, nicest person I ever met uh, covering the Broncos, doing the draft stuff with Steve Atwater. And it really does seem like Justin Simmons is filling that mantle as far as like an amazing player. Not, I'm not saying he's going to be a Hall of Fame, but an amazing player and also an amazing person. So you get that Justin Simmons jersey um, by getting your stars, super stickers, and super chats in. Um, speaking of stars, Michael Ronquillo. Good morning, Nick and Scott from Broncos for Breakfast. Go Broncos. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the show. Michael is always a consistent uh, contributor, supporter, and uh, we really appreciate you, Michael. Good morning to you. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because – they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner 
for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yeah, um, busy last night too. So Michael, good to see you again this morning. Uh, I was on the back end last night. So whenever you hear uh, Chad or or uh, Zach say, Scott, that's me. I'm, I'm on the back end. So I'm usually jumping in on chat if you have any questions uh, for me at the time. I've, uh, I've been on most of the evening pods uh, in the background, just kind of yeah. keeping an eye on things, learning, learn, listening and learning. Yeah, and as we go along, um, this upcoming couple of weeks, we'll see how long it goes for, but uh, Scott's going to be joining us on Tuesday evenings, filling in for Carl, um, as Carl is abroad right now. And also, guys, make sure you follow um, Scott's channel on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. And I also posted it on the uh, the live stream chat here as well. And we got Victor Rios coming in, um, I think, with the stars as well, uh, just because this is my favorite show. Victor, thank you so much. That means a lot on multiple levels um i know that we got tuesday night when we joined the show um we got a lot of love as well from people who said i love the show i just can never catch it live that's okay that's why we have the podcast forum the youtube forum but uh we really do appreciate everybody coming in uh live here and joining the conversation we also got facebook user coming in here don't know who you are but uh, god bless you broncos for breakfast good morning i didn't get a notification on facebook you also didn't get a profile on a facebook on our end so not sure what's going on there well, Greg's wow. here. He came in and said aloha this morning as Facebook user. So that that will typically get cleared up a little bit. But, uh, you know, we ready to get into uh, some some Jacksonville Jaguars here? I do want to say hello to a couple more people. Tim Durbin, okay. guys. Uh, Esquiel, good morning from Phoenix, Arizona. Hopefully you're doing well with the weather down there. Go Broncos. Uh, Leo's in the house. Good morning to you. Joseph T. Fisher, good morning. Uh, Ruben is in the house. We're not going to tell how good we are until week four. Ravens. Versus Ravens, we should be three and zero. But those three teams we play stink. Um, Got to beat the teams in front of you. Can't look ahead. Um, it's you. You earn the privilege of being three and zero by beating these teams in front of you, and they get paid just as much. I've said it before, and I don't mean this as any disrespect to the Denver Broncos. This comes from a bottom feeding team who I've grown up around for my entire life. Yeah. Until you're beating those teams, you are one of those teams. So don't yep. take it for granted. Okay. Yep. You were five and eleven last year. Six and ten. What was it? You were one of those teams last year. So and to get away from being one of those teams that people mark as a win on the schedule, you got to beat these teams. You got to say, okay, these guys are 3-0. and I don't care who they've played. Uh, we're going to have to strap it up and play these guys. So d- don't scoff at 3-0. and It doesn't come easy, especially in September for, the, for Vic Fangio and the Denver Broncos. And especially with how much they need to start 3-0, and given the schedule really ramps up in difficulty. Um, but thank you so much for the comment, Ruben. Um, we got also uh, Doug's in the house. Um, good morning, guys. Do you think we will see more of Baron Browning this week? Uh, I think you will see more Baron Browning, but it's probably going to be more special teams. If anything, you're going to see more Justin Stranod. Um, that's, I think, the guy who's going to get more of a role now that uh, Patrick Sertan has been 
Uh, Vic Fangio said that Sertan is going to play almost exclusively on the boundary. What does that mean for the Broncos and sub packages? I'm guessing you're going to see uh, Alexander Johnson subbed off the field with Justin Sernod in to get a little bit more coverage competency out there in those obvious passing situations. Yeah, we may see a little more of a, a third safety as well. I don't think we'll see as many linebackers, uh, frankly, because Trevor Lawrence threw the ball over 50 times last week. Yeah. So you'll you'll see more nickel and dime packages. You'll see less less of someone like Baron Browning, and if, if anything, maybe he comes in on an edge and, and spells that guy. But in that case, you're going to see uh, more Jonathan Cooper, I think, is a player you see a little bit more of this week in that. Because they're not going to come out and and try and run the ball down your throat. They're going to throw the ball a lot, and you know, frankly, they ran into some bad luck last week. I, I watched the first half of the game, and um, you know, it, it could have gone a different way. You know, we know Houston's not real good, um, but on the road, first start, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, some things kind of broke against them uh, in Houston that that turned that game on its head pretty quick. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I wanted to say hello to Karaoke Chris. Mark Knapp is also in the house. Love the show. Um, karaoke saying good morning to everybody. Chris is in the house. Morning, fellas. Good to see you as well. Gary Leeds Palmer. Love you, Gary. Coming in with Appreciate the, the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Gary, 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 buying me coffee. You're you're right here. This is it's a little backwards when you look at it, but you're right here in my heart when you're buying me coffee. So thank you very much. Coursing through my veins, if anything. Um, Greg Smith is in the house as well. Um, so yeah, I think we said hello to pretty much everybody in here. Appreciate you. Um, we'll, I'll be scrolling around while we're talking to make sure we can get to some of these comments as well. Oh, Joseph T Fisher. Good morning from Pennsylvania. Good to see you as well, Joseph. Um, but yeah, no, um, the Jacksonville Jaguar. So you watched the first half. I watched the condensed game. Um, the NFL game pass is kind of a, uh, Charlie Foxtrot right now with, uh, they, I mean, they got rid of the specific plays even God, they are just driving me insane. Like I wanted to find the KJ Hamler, um, catches well, in the drops. You have to see, this is the first game. time I've ever used it. Oh. So I don't have anything to compare it to. And for me, see, I always, uh, I, I filmed, there was one year when I was scouting, I think I went to 90 high school games in like eight States in one year and you film them. And the games are basically between 27 and 20, 28 minutes uh, on plays. So for me, this has taken me back to yeah. scouting days, being able to go, okay, play. Okay. Rewind 10 seconds. Watch it again. Watch it again. Watch it again. I see everything I want to see. I see everything I want to see. I see everything I want to see. Go. Yeah. I love it. I'm in heaven right now. So I'm sure if there's more to come, I'm I'm pretty happy. Uh, the all 22 is the big one for me because um, I get the coaches film. I guess what it is. So you get the better angles. You get the the up top with all the defensive backs. Which... Yeah, and see, I was always more about players than schemes. So I mm -hmm. like the tight. I like the I like we call it shooting the box. You, you get the you shoot the ass end of the linebacker and the ass of the of the the running back, and that's your box. And that's yeah. how I always shot it and then follow the ball and then follow the ball. Cause I was always about uh, looking at players more than say schemes uh, yeah. in this case. It's hard to watch though. Um, some of the Broncos safeties from the broadcast angle mm -hmm. because they like to hang back so much um, and keep everything in front of them. So that's, what's important. Well, and that's why when I scout high school balls, the best players never played safety. They're too far away from the ball. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Um, but they do also do have the angle where it's like right, right behind the quarterback. Um, so you get really, you, that's where you get a really good idea of the run game. Um, mm -hmm. and that's one that, you know, you do your best you can, especially with college football, all 22 or lack of all 22 in college football to scout the offensive line. But if you can get that sweet, sweet, all 22, ugh, it's a difference maker for those trench players. Um, so yeah, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, you watched the first half. You said you thought the offense was better than you expected and they ran into some bad luck. Well, can you expand mm -hmm. upon that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think I thought the coming right out of the gate, 
There was a long play down to uh, who's a wide receiver from California that went to Oregon State? Brand, it, Brandon Cooks, I think. And yes. he went up. I, I thought that ball was an interception. I don't know how many of you guys have watched any of the highlights or anything on that. But he goes up between three guys. The safety catches it. Cooks has his arm up there between them and then kind of cradles it. But, you know, the safety's got the ball, and they called it an interception. I mean, they called it a, a, a long game down to the three. Very next play, they do a half shovel pass because I'm like, man, that was an interception. They got robbed on this. Uh, jet sweep where uh, Tyrod Taylor kind of grabs the ball and just kind of lets it go as the guy's coming full speed, and they called it a pass because they were fumbling. Like, see, that was a that was an interception. Ball don't lie. Uh, and then they called that an incomplete pass, went against him like that. Ensuing drive. Trevor Lawrence breaks him down, gets about the 30. O'Shaughnessy drop ball. DJ Chark drop ball. Next play, missed field goal. I'm like, man, it is just starting, it's starting to pile up. And they were outmatched uh, on yeah. the lines of scrimmage. So all of the, all those were those five plays I just mentioned were within about eight plays, not counting a kickoff an extra point. So it kind of started going against them pretty quickly, and that's going to happen with a young team. But you can't if they if they if they you know call goes that way and they're catching the balls they're supposed to catch from the veteran receivers. It's a different team, and they will get better. And on offense, especially um, Trevor Lawrence, you look at his stats as far as the incompletions go. I saw I watched a quarter and a half. I saw three drops. You know, so be careful. I think you guys, are, if you haven't watched Trevor Lawrence play much, you're going to be impressed with uh, with his arm talent. Yeah, I he's so springy too, right? For being a six foot five, six six quarterback, um, hate to relate everything back to Iowa, but they have a big, lanky quarterback right now that's got a good arm talent. But everything he does is just slow, and like his drop back is slow when he climbs up is slow, his arm release is slow, his process is slow. Trevor Lawrence is twitched up and that's really rare for a quarterback of his size. And uh, he is more of a cerebral quarterback. So that's probably going to take a little bit of time for him to get everything going as far as the pre-snap stuff in the NFL, especially with the Vic Fangio scheme coming up where they show almost everything is a uh, pre-snap to high safety. And then they really switch from that, which is confuses a bunch of uh, quarterbacks and also really impacts the, uh, the play action game because the safeties will drop and you don't know which one is coming or which one's back. And when you're, that's when you're doing your drop to hand it off to the running back. And then you look over, Oh shoot, it's not a cover two look anymore. It's a cover one. Um, so it's really, uh, everybody's copying Vic Fangio scheme for a reason. I think Dan Orlovsky had a tweet just pretty much stating what the Vic Fangio scheme is. Like, I think we're going to see more of this this year. Great analysis, Dan, everybody's hiring Vic Fangio staff. Of course, that's what's happening, but I digress. Funny how um, that works. The old Bill Walsh West Coast offense. See, that was that was before your time. But Bill Walsh was the original tree of coaches that came down in the '80s when, when he was doing the West Coast offense in the 49ers. My channel. Uh, Trevor Trevor Lawrence. I don't think is quite the athlete that Andrew Luck was. No. Um, but it's, he's not far off either. You know, he can certainly beat you with his legs. Andrew Luck could uh, was. If you took Andrew Luck's combine numbers and stacked them up against the linebackers and took away the names, you wouldn't know which one he was. Yeah, he was. He would have been. He was. He was really, really athletic. Um, he almost tested the same as Cam Newton, and everybody assumed like Cam Newton is this freak athlete. Well, and he is, but yeah. so was Andrew Luck. Was Andrew Luck. Yeah, one gets a little more credit for than the other for one reason or another. Um, yeah, we got more. I'm gonna say thank in. you to some stars coming. Michael oh, Ranquillo double dipping. Uh, Peter you. Middleton also coming in. With some stars, appreciate y'all coming in like that. Michael's coming in. I, I think Michael's going for the triple scoop because uh, he's been in several times already. So, oh man, uh, certainly appreciate that. But um, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, you you see the numbers, you see the interceptions, but you know Trevor Lawrence, he he's he's legit. I mean, he yeah. is. You get when when you scout players as long as I have, there's somebody that you knew was going to be just amazing and wasn't, and you get really jaded. So it's hard to start talking guys up because yeah. it just bites you. You know, someone comes back and plays a soundbite about you talking about this kid that was awesome, and you know he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is good. Like yeah. I said, the, the key for them is can they can they just protect him? You know, don't yeah. break the kid in half. And this year, when your line of scrimmage is bad, um, you know, Moron was talking about. Yes, thank you for pulling that up. Uh, it says the Broncos OL is still a garbage fire. You're going to get a whole new appreciation for the Broncos offensive line after this game. I mean, you should have probably gotten a little bit of appreciation after you watched the Giants game, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, the right side of the Giants line, which is not like, you know replacement level players and uh soldier and will hernandez you know those are okay players in today's scheme they're probably you know lower level starters um but draymond jones and von miller killed them absolutely destroyed them and i think you're going to see something similar this week and uh, moe thanks for joining us today but if you want to go watch some uh bad offensive line play um sorry scott uh, cover your ears but that atlanta falcons game oh my i, I don't know i've ever seen anything like that <laughs> it was I mean- Oh my God! Honestly, like like I said, watching the Falcons, you know, you, you're when you when you know it's a, a sure pass, you know they teach a drop back. You drop back, drop back, kick, yeah. engage, sit down. They call it, you know, sit, anchor yourself. Mm-hmm. The Falcons look like they were slingshotting guys, like grabbing. You know, I'm gonna get my hands on you, and I'm gonna pull you as fast as I can to speed you up. It was absolutely insane, and and frankly, Jacksonville wasn't a lot better. No, you know, I started looking up some of the names. I'm like, who are these guys that are just pushing, you know, that they're not able to block? I'm like, okay, well, that's his first start. <laughs> He's been in the league for five years. That's his first start. I'm like, oh my God, Draymond Jones is going to kill these guys. Yeah. AJ can specifically number 60, the right guard was atrocious. And uh, I'm thinking AJ or uh, Draymond Jones is going to have himself a day. And I'm really excited to see the, my favorite thing in the NFL is when you have an interior guy and an edge guy that can play off each other next to each other because you can just do so much schematically and it it ruins a whole team. Um, it's even better when you have three guys because you have another edge rusher on the other side. But Von Miller and Draymond this game, oh, man, injected into my veins. Um, DBA coming in saying, who starts if Glasgow is out? Moody? It'll probably be Natane Moody um, at right guard. And Scott, I got to – we've been talking about this. Right, and I've been part quick, and I, I got to take this and we won't mention the Falcons okay. again. Keith Brugman – Throwback to a 1980s Falcons performance. No, 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 no. I grew up with the 80s Falcons. I was ni- I was seven years old to 17, so I was very impressionable. The 80s Falcons had William Andrews and Gerald Riggs. Those guys were stud running backs, studs. The Falcons would go 4-12, and 12 and they'd have Pro Bowl running backs. So that's the thing that hurts. It's like when you grow up, the Falcons could always run the ball, always, even when they were terrible. They had they had you know fifteen sixteen hundred yard rushers. The the scoreline yes, but uh, a very very different type of team. Yeah, absolutely. But it will be Moody. I do I do want to say I think, and this is kind of tough because I really enjoy this player as a person, but he was he struggled last season. I thought he struggled week one, and uh, he might not have been the weakest player on the offensive line, but he was close. Dalton Reisner. Um, he may be on notice. Obviously, Glasgow is a hard issue, but I thought Glasgow played much better um, than either Cushenberry or Reisner. Obviously, the heart issue will determine this, but if Moody plays really well, I think Reisner should be on notice. I really do. He's struggling uh, enough at that left guard spot. You know, play, buddy. 
Gotta yeah, play I better. Think, I think they're on notice. Uh, and and we to me, again, my 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 bar was so low that I thought Reisner played well enough. You know, obviously that I thought he played well enough. Maybe not to hold off somebody that's coming behind him, but not enough to to lose you a game. He got in the way of some some pretty good defensive linemen from the New York Giants. Yeah. And I, I thought Cushenberry was okay. You know, yeah. and, and when we're talking about how bad Cushenberry was last year, okay is an improvement. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so if you're just getting, okay, well, he was fine. You know, fine's an insult if your, you know, uh, significant other has asks you how they look on their way out and you say fine, you're going to get in trouble. But fine was was good for for this performance. You know, that was that was an improvement. Yeah, and it was good enough that the Broncos they faced one of I think the third highest uh stacked box rate. Obviously the Giants plan was, you know what, Teddy's a fine quarterback, but we're going to take our chances there. We know this Broncos team wants to run the football. We're going to take away the run game. And efficiency-wise, besides that 70-yard run, they really did. Javante Williams was one of the least efficient running backs in football last week. Um and that mostly was because of the offensive line. Uh running backs get what's blocked for them. Um so We'll see if it improve. It should improve this week, but uh, it's something to something to watch going forward. They're going to have to run the ball more efficiently if they're going to be anything more than a one and done playoff team. Um, EJ coming in saying, "Hopefully the Broncos' offense can win the time of possession by running the ball." There we go, and keeping our defense off the field to limit injuries on defense. Um, you just want to see them run the ball more efficiently, right? And uh, if Jacksonville is stacking the box again, you don't have to totally force the run if your quarterback is competent enough in the short pass game and identifying where the ball needs to go. I mean, and that's what Teddy did while the Broncos offense was one of the least efficient running the football week one. They're one of the most efficient throwing the football large part because I mean, Teddy was good, but a large part was because of how much the boxes were stacked and how good the Broncos are on the perimeter. You know, they have guys who can win one-on-one matchups when you are stacking eight in the box and you're playing single high or cover zero safety. And if those guys are, I mean, a guy blitzing, Noah Fant, there's a vacated spot getting it to Noah Fant with space. Uh, same with Okawibanam, saw it with uh, Sutton. So I'm expecting to see more of that. And uh, if teams want to stack the box and Teddy can continue to kill him by a thousand paper cuts, that's fine. That's or, fine. You're competent enough to do that. Or we'll, we'll go over the top. You yeah. know, if you're, if you're going to sell out to stop the run, what's that open? It opens up the play action, you know, deep. And it happens. It, it, you only get that play once uh, a few times a year. Mm-hmm. honestly, where it's that open going going deep. So if that team is going to stack the run, and if you're going to get that play, that's a touchdown 16 out of 17 games. Yeah. We just happen to see the one that it wasn't. But that worked perfectly. Fine, we're going to run the ball. You're going to sell it to sell the run. We're going to go over the top. Great. And then we're going to wear you down because we're better than you in the trenches, and we're going to break a long one late. So they were still able to get their first downs with a short passing game. They committed to the run. They didn't abandon it. You, you, you see some of these teams – what did, what did Dak Prescott have? 58 passes? Yeah. Tampa Bay had had over had, uh, around that number. I'm not sure if if, uh, if Brady broke 50. Trevor Lawrence, 51. Uh, the, the interesting stat for me this week with all of these passes, and we talk about Trevor Lawrence having three interceptions. In the 32 teams that played last week, 16 games, there were only 17 interceptions across the NFL thrown by just 13 quarterbacks. Now, I haven't looked at that stat before to see if – but that seems low to me. That seems like a low number for me for only having 13 quarterbacks or interceptions. So you had 19 that threw zero. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty used to seeing almost, you know, three touchdowns, one interception, two touchdowns, one interception across almost every quarterback on the on the stat lines. 
where eight or nine interceptions per quarterback is a pretty good season and less than, you know, way less than half even through interceptions this week. Interceptions have been trending down across the league pretty consistently the last decade. Um, so, you know, we'll see, we'll see if that uh, continues could just be, you know, static <laughs> given it's a one week sample size, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Hopefully the Broncos can get an interception. Hopefully the Broncos can get an early uh, points off a turnover or like a quick uh, field flipping position there um, and get some points. Uh, Cause that is, that's an easy way to take the air out of a game quickly dictate. And then you don't really have to, you, a, you don't have to show too much schematically, which is really nice to do. Um, and if you're playing a team like this, that's what you're hoping for. And also you can uh, get some reps in there for guys who you are looking for more developmental kind of stuff versus going out there and scratching and clawing for a win. So hopefully it's a rest easy kind of boring game where the Broncos are in control from the beginning, but it's the NFL. We'll see. Uh, Chris Hernandez. Good morning. Hope all is well with everyone. Cheers. I got my I'll drink uh, to that. My dark roast here. This is my coffee for closers mug. So join us or die. <laughs> Are you a big Star Wars guy? Yeah, I was like, what was the first one in 77? I was four years old. I grew up with Star Wars. I, I kind of said when they were talking about all this money for whatever show it was, I'm like, you're about to see the, the power of Generation X with this new Star Wars franchise. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 when these when we come out and break every record that there ever was, if you do a good job with Star Wars, you're going to make a lot of money. Write your own checks. Well, there you go. Um, we had... Uh... Mark Anthony was asking about Justin Hollins. I can't see the comment right now on this one. Also, Hollins was uh, on the practice squad and got stolen by the Rams last season. Why didn't the Broncos keep him? <sighs> I don't know. Um, he was one that uh, I liked a lot when they drafted him. He was, I, you, you remember the, probably the shrine game that he was in and he had like two sacks and an interception. Um, Oregon player, six, five, about two forty, two fifty. 250. Um, Broncos kind of mess around with his position uh, off ball and edge Rams scooped him up. He's been really good at edge for them. Broncos could use him. It's unfortunate um, for the Broncos. Not unfortunate for Holland's good for him, uh, but it's going to happen sometimes. Um, they, they made a mistake. I think they would tell you that as well. So uh, it's, I don't know why they did that, why they uh, unprote- didn't have him protected. Um, but, uh, um, you know, Malik Reed is really Reed is pretty close. Uh, and we're going to have to block this guy. Need a, I don't know if you've got the admin chats, you got to boot him out. Block <laughs> banned for life. And I want to get Kevin Gray here real quick. He said, caught the morning show a lot. Still live. I usually just listen to the show. I'm on a fixed income, so can't contribute other than the thumbs up. And we don't get answered anyways. I think that we've answered almost everybody's questions in here that have not been super chat superstars, <laughs> Kevin. So if you have a question, get hey. in there. We do the best we can, but it's not just it's not just stars. We do appreciate the stars, obviously. Well, and we appreciate the thumbs and up. And having been, you know, that's 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 one of the things about supporting a new show is you kind of get in on the ground up and become a known name. Um, you know, on the on the the show's on the shows in the evening, you know, there's 300 people in those and it's hard keeping up with just some of the, the super stickers and, 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 uh, and stars folks. So, um, yeah. you know, we've, we've, you guys, y'all have helped us build this show to what it's becoming. And we certainly appreciate you. Um, you know, star super stickers, thumbs up, likes, and good questions. Yeah. Thank you very much. But yeah, you do not have to, obviously we appreciate stars, stickers, chat, super chats, whatever, but, uh, you don't have to. Like that's that's totally fine, and we appreciate just subscribing, liking, sharing. You know that's doesn't cost anything, and we that really does help. Um, so thank you for the comment, uh, Stephen Barr. Go Broncos from Scotland. Hopefully it's not super rainy over there right now. We're about to get drenched. It's super rainy here. here. Put in three double o two two into your uh, into your uh, weather channel, and it looks like Seattle. Oh, it's it's gonna pour here this weekend. Uh, but great first win, two and zero. Also we got Broncos seventeen and zero. Hi, good morn with uh. Th- 
four exclamation points. So uh, I need a little bit more coffee to get, read that one. Um, but thank you very much, Bronco 17 and no. And is that stars? Is that no? It's just we're just saying hello to Bronco 17. Yeah, we're just there. saying hello. One of our biggest contributors to the show. We want to show a little love back to him. Broncos, we Bronco 17 and no. Uh, I feel strange calling you that. Um, need a name, but uh, appreciate you for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. So getting back to the uh, the Jags here, I'm obviously going through the comments here, and also I saw that uh, Kareem. Oh, well, that might be the why supers have been a little slow. Bronco 17 is saying, "Where's my super button?" Huh. So because we haven't had a super chat today, and we usually have we usually have several. So maybe there's a there was a bug yesterday with. Uh, Uploading thumbnails. I, I got a notification after the fact after I was sitting there trying to change a, a thumbnail to the show that Nick and I did yesterday. Um, and so maybe there is a little bit of a bug. Yeah, well, we'll have to look into that. Um, but thank you very much. And again, it's totally fine. We appreciate um, the thought. Yeah, there oh, it is. Boom. <laughs> Asking you to show receive. You found it. 17 to no super sticker, $20. Um, not an orange $20. What's going on here? But um, uh, thank you so much, Bronco 17. We appreciate it. Um, so back to the Jags here. And thank you so much, Bronco 17. He said he found it. Um, the uh, I watched the game. And while the Jags, I thought were solid, I do grade them against the curve because I have very little respect for the Texans. And the fact that they got beat at all is a concern <laughs> for me and should be for the Jags. Also, Jags are seem to really be. A, I don't know if you went back after we talked about it on Tuesday night, but uh, they Urban Meyer kind of stuff going on and not being available to the Denver media and like their PR person getting into it with the Denver media. That, as well and and that was the worst part of it. It's like you just made things worse. Yep. You know, that was my decision. Blame me. Nobody's doing it anymore. Really? Then how come this is the first time we're hearing about it? And you look like you're about 18, but you know, that's ageist of me. So what do I know? Yeah. That's yeah, that's uh, she opened up uh, the dam with that one, right? Uh, that was not a you just you just made it worse. And I think in PR, that's kind of opposite of what you're supposed to do. Yeah, that was not good. And also shout out to Patrick Smythe, um, the Broncos PR guy who God, he should work in the White House someday because he is so good at uh, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, man. Yeah, that's true. But he, he, he I think he do a good job. Um, we got Fox breaks coming in here, too. Uh, do you think Patrick Sertan will bounce back? I don't think he fell down to be worthy of a bounce back. There was one play that was almost an uncoverable play. Um, where, where is this narrative coming that Patrick Sertan busted in the first game? I don't I get it. He had I one really play he don't. Was I mean, there was, there was one play where you cannot, and this isn't on you, Fox break. Sorry. This is, this is after three days of listening to people, t you know, trying to make excuses for yeah. Patrick Sertan. Here's the excuse for Patrick Sertan. He was in a coverage that he can't cover. You, you can't chase a wide receiver in the NFL 40 yards across the field on a drag route. Someone's got to get to the quarterback by then, or you've yep. got to have a little help from your linebacker to come back and cover that zone. You yep. can't chase a, an NFL wide receiver 40 yards across the field and expect to, to, to cover him. Should he have made the tackle? Probably. But you know those guys are paid to make plays too. Sterling Shepard's yep. a pretty damn good receiver. After that, you know, was he targeted? Was he torched all over the place? You know, Patrick Sertan is going to be just fine. He wasn't benched because he missed a tackle or blew a coverage. It, it was it was schematic. He wasn't one of the top starters. They're not scaring you throwing the ball all over the place. You beat the hell out of the Giants. Patrick Sertan is going to be just fine. Yeah. Rant over. Sorry. And, and again, Fox, that wasn't at you. That was a week worth of narrative I've been hearing that I'm I'm had enough of. Yeah. 
And the biggest thing with that play was uh, he hoped that he would wrap up and limit the damage, um, especially with how uh, he played at Alabama, right? He was a very solid tackler, not a big hitter, but a solid tackler. And you want him to limit the damage there because even if you tackle a guy, like you're on the one yard line and they run 98 yards and you tackle on the one, you still have a chance for them to make a mistake and get a goal line stand and hold him to three or nothing. So you would do want the tackle to be there, but I agree with you completely. That's more on the deep over, right? Uh, that's more on the pass rush needing to get there in time. Didn't happen. Um, that's more on the linebacker. Hard ask for the linebacker considering the flat, but it looked like Jewel and Alexander Johnson both tried to cover the running back instead of gaining depth like they should have. And uh, just a good scheme, good scheme to play. Um, sometimes it's going to happen. Uh, I will say the, the biggest those thing. Guys, I, I don't care who you're playing against. They're going to make plays too. You know, it's yeah. not always, it's not always somebody's fault. Yeah. You know, somebody, somebody's going to make a play. They're, they're going to make a play. And should he made the tackle? Yeah, he should have made the tackle. But am I worried about Patrick Sertan? God, no, I'm, I'm not worried about him being able being ready to play. Yeah. And I will say I like Patrick Sertan. If you guys go back to some of our first episodes with uh, Scott and myself, I like Patrick Sertan a lot. Very good player. My biggest critique on him was I didn't think he was the twitchy, <clears throat> excuse me, the twitchiest player from off coverage, um, putting, planting his foot in the ground and coming downhill. I didn't think he closed ground like a, Caleb Farley when he was healthy or a Greg Newsome. Um, and the mold for that is like, you know, Jair Alexander, he is so twitched up. It's like he shot out of a cannon when he moves. Sertan's more, a little bit more deliberate and stronger and more methodical, which is fine. You can win that way. Not every cornerback has to be that twitched up but giant. There player. isn't a cornerback in the league that's covering that play. Not a one. Now, will they be a little closer and make the tackle before he's able to turn his hips up field? Because that that's where you got in trouble because you yep. weren't quite close enough he was able to flip his hips and start getting his momentum going upfield while you're still going lateral, which means you're not putting all your force into the, the tackle. Yep. Um, but they're, they're in a corner in the league that's that's covering a guy that's got a 40-yard drag route. That That's on your defensive line. That's on your linebackers. Uh, you know, where are the safeties on that play? You're, you're not – nobody is drawing up schemes to say, I want you to chase this guy 40 yards across the field. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, it's true. And one thing I said last uh, last Tuesday morning as well, and I, this goes for Patrick Sertan, but I was making the point for Albert Okwebenam and KJ Hamler. It's beautiful out there. You don't really love it, but it's beautiful when you can go out there, win a game pretty handily, and have your young guys contribute while they have still made mistakes. So you have stuff back on the film where you're like, okay, what did we learn here? What's different? What are we going to do better next time? But you still went out there and made plays and have confidence uh, that you can get better going forward. It didn't cost you the game. Um, so I think that is, you're, you're going to have mistakes. The other guys are paid as well. well and you know what the mistake can be? I've, I've said in, in a lot of these sports is you could put a bar stool out in the middle of the field and still be, and sit in it and still be helpful to your team just by communicating. Yeah. You know, the mistake he made simply might've been that he didn't give a heads up to his linebacker that there was a crossing route coming. You know, yep. that could have been the mistake, you know, um, and, and I'll give him that. But as far as the physical ability to make that coverage, nobody's covering that play. Nobody. Nope. So yeah. that, that could be the mistake. Listen, you know, it's kind of like on the flip side of that, you know, when you're on the corner and you're not allowed to do it anymore, but when the wide receiver crashes down, you better be yelling crack because mm -hmm. if not, the, the, your linebacker is going to get ear hold and that block looks like it's on the linebacker, but it's actually on the corner. It's his job to let the linebacker know he's coming. Mm -hmm. So if there's a mistake there from him, that could have been it. It could have been in communication, but it's not in coverage. Nobody's drawn up a coverage to chase a guy 50 yards across the field. Yep. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Mark Anthony coming in uh, with the $2 super over on YouTube. Uh, Ravens look iffy, 4-0 start incoming. Uh, Mark, I hate to be, you know, the old ball coach here, but uh, 
let's get to the two and zero start, and then let's talk about three and zero, and then let's talk about four and zero. So <laughs> one at a time. Um, I know this is a bad Jags team, but Denver historically going down to Florida in the month of September have struggled. Most teams do. I mean, it's so humid, muggy down there. It's kind of like teams coming out to Denver um, early season where they're not as conditioned yet, and the altitude kind of kills them. Um, so uh, let's just get out of Jacksonville not injured and uh, with a win. And uh, then we can start looking forward again. It's, it's definitely possible. Um, the Ravens do look iffy, especially that offensive line. I don't really think their weapons are great. And uh, if Lamar Jackson keeps putting the football on the turf, uh, you, that'll give you a chance with how the Broncos play football, no doubt. Uh, but you know, you, you have to beat Jacksonville first to even have that be a possibility. So let's get there first. Um, I know we're fans, um, but I don't, I don't want to take anything for granted. Uh, in that regard, especially with how the Broncos have struggled these last few years. It's supposed to be fairly cool in Jacksonville, relatively oh speaking. Give you know, 85 us. and muggy in the afternoon should be nice. Should be uh, should be a fairly nice day. Yeah. Nope, that's uh, that's great. That's what you want to hear. Um, let's continue on this uh, Jacksonville um, scouting quest here. Um, so we talked a little bit about the Jacksonville offensive line. Their right guard really struggled. Uh, AJ Can, I believe he played at South Carolina. Um, more of a run guy, but I mean, we saw Will Hernandez for the Giants get whipped last week. I think AJ can is worse than Will Hernandez. Um, also Jawan Taylor. Um, he was, some people thought a first round talent the year he came out. I think he had a knee issue and dropped him to the second. He's okay. Um, I don't think he's the best pass protector. So I'm really excited to see the Broncos get after it. Um, I do want to see how the Broncos hold up on the other side of the line of scrimmage against the run, uh, with cam Robinson on that side who can really, uh, open up some lanes. Um, maybe not the best pass protector, but Cam Robinson is a ass kicker in the run game. Yeah. And I think he, he yeah, he didn't look good in pass pro. Um, no. you know, that was one of the guys that I was, I was mentioning, he was getting beat off the edge and we, we talked a little bit last night about, you know, you know, blitzing a rookie quarterback, but I don't know that you need to No, you know, when, when you, when you can rush these guys with a front four and alternate, which linebackers coming in or, you know, five at most, which is a blitz. I know. Um, and you're going to get a lot of pressure. Now you can also keep containment because Trevor Lawrence can run the ball. Um, then you're you're a really dangerous defense. So if I got seven in coverage and I'm pressuring the quarterback, which Denver will be able to do, it's going to be really, really tough for, for the Jaguars. Now, they're going to move the ball some. Trevor Lawrence is too good not to find some receivers. But um, you put the ball in there 50 times against seven men, there's going to be some mistakes in there too. And you can't survive three interceptions. And you couldn't survive three interceptions against the Houston Texans. What do you think the Denver Broncos are going to do to somebody that dropped? Honestly, there's a little bit of fear for Trevor Lawrence in that regard. Um, and it, I don't think the Broncos even need this guy. And we'll get to the super here now from Fox Breaks. Thanks for the second super chat here. $3 over on YouTube. Uh, is Bradley Chubb on track to play this week? Um, he went through drills um, and was limited in practice, but that's true that's the same thing last week. So we'll see if he plays, if he does play, I think it's going to be on a very limited basis, you know, maybe five to 10 snaps. Um, but, and if the Broncos think that's not worth it and inactivate him to get somebody else on there, that's very possible. Hopefully you don't need Bradley Chubb in this game. Um, but uh, it would be very fun to see a fully optimized operational uh, death star pass rush uh, from Chubb, Draymond Shelby Harris is also dealing with a hand injury. Maybe he won't go. I would expect to see a gene this week. Um, and, uh, obviously Von Miller as well. So we'll see once those guys are going, man, it's going to be humming. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if they would, will have the best pass rushing football with how the Steelers look this week. Um, but they're going to be right there. If Chubb is healthy and Draymond and Von keep looking like they did this last week. Well, and on the, on the other side, if we're talking a little bit of defense, I saw one player I thought that caught my eye and that was about it. It was, you know, outside linebacker slash defensive end, Josh Allen. 
The others were catching my eye for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Uh, looking in at Malcolm Brown, you know, he's six, seven years in the league at defensive tackle, and he was getting pushed around like a rag doll out there. Um, you know, they're going to be able to run the ball. They, they, they were getting pushed around by Houston's interior line. So it should be a pretty good matchup, even though we've talked about Reisner not having the or, and Cushenberry not necessarily those two not being the strength of the of the line. Like I said, I think you'll get a new appreciation for yeah. Denver's line not being quite as bad as you think when you start seeing some bad offensive lines. <laughs> and yeah. off and, and the Jaguars offensive line is truly poor. I think the Broncos offensive line is probably right around league average, um, which is if you have a top 10 quarterback, that's more than fine. Um, the Broncos have a top 10 quarterback. I don't know. You want to see them probably dictate a little bit better on the ground game to be a little top bit more five defense makes, will make it okay yeah. too. That's true. Um, but the, uh, I'm hoping the offensive line can progress and, uh, these next few games, uh, the, although the jets do have a very good interior defensive line duo, probably one of the more underrated ones. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but the Jags, hopefully this is a game where you really see the Broncos. I'd love to see, uh, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon broke both break hundred yards. Like how great would that be? You know, like with the old school Alabama days or LSU, LSU where they have two good backs and like, we're going to give it to them 40 times and we're going to run for 250 yards. Like that would be beautiful. I would well, love I that. think it's possible. What did, what did, uh, what did Gordon finish with after that 70 yard run? It had to have put him over hundred. I know. He, he was. You know. Yeah. So, and Javante Williams, he gets 15 carries, you know, it, it, it could absolutely put him and, and I would be surprised I won't be surprised to see them both over a hundred yards from scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in the passing, in the passing game as well. So uh, one of the interesting things I saw in the first quarter was a two man rush. Urban Meyer. I don't know who his defensive coordinator was for, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it was third and five and they rushed two at Tyrod Taylor. Didn't get any pressure, obviously. No. And, you give any quarterback that's made it this far, the same thing I said about a play-action pass, is every quarterback that's at this level has the strength of arm to get the ball 55 yards downfield to hit a play-action pass, a long bomb. You give any quarterback at this level that much time, someone's going to get open. So two-man rush. Yeah. How'd that work out for you? I don't know that we'll see that again, but uh, if you give Teddy a two-man rush, just you, you're, we're going we're gonna to have a big day on, uh, on, on fantasy football with your receivers. Tight ends, maybe too. Um, Lucas coming in. Do you guys believe? Uh, who do you guys believe has a bigger game, Melvin or Pookie? I think I'm going to go Melvin again, just because I think Melvin's a more explosive runner, and I think they're going to run the rock enough where it's just attrition. Eventually, he's going to pop one. And uh, fastest player in the NFL last week. I don't know if he'll have that uh, that award again. Um, so my Lucas question on that was, he was getting run down from the backside corner. How was he not faster? Um, probably at the very end, he was, uh, captured going a little fast because he did pull away. Um, but, uh, he had like a third gear there to run away. I, I don't, I don't know the specifics of the GPS, uh, stuff that they use. I know that it's no, probably it's the future cool. of scouting. Um, you see it more on the, on the, the soccer players. Cause it looks like a sports bra, you know, they'll take yeah. the shirts off and my wife will be like, why are they wearing sports bra? I'm like, it's GPS for heart monitors and, and, and yeah. advanced analytics and stuff. There was a, uh, a question here that I wanted to see also. It was, uh, do you think. That here it is. It was from Tommy. Uh, is Trevor Lawrence fast enough to outrun Vaughn? So, uh, using the the phrase that I've used a lot, and I always preface this with the: if you take this out of context, I'm going to sound like a moron. But straight line speed can be overrated. Yeah. When Trevor Lawrence, what Trevor Lawrence is fast enough to do is when the rushers are coming in, 
is to step up and go through and pick up 15 or 20 yards if you're in man coverage and there's a lane there. He's an absolutely good enough athlete to do. Yeah. Now, if you line them up in a block and they're going the same direction, no. You know, Vaughn, Vaughn's, Vaughn's a better athlete and he's faster. But by the time Vaughn can put his foot in the ground, turn and catch Trevor Lawrence, he's got 20 yards. Yeah. So he is a threat to run without a doubt, even if he's not faster than the guys that are uh, that are on the pass rush. Because typically they have to change directions to get a guy that's already got a head start. So yeah. he certainly can be a weapon with his legs. And that that right arm of his is pretty special. So he's a he's a good player. He's a real deal. He's just he's not going to have a whole lot of help this year. Yeah, good point. We got in the shop with Willie coming in with a two dollar super. Nick, my man, thirty three to ten score. Need to use Fant better. Uh, the Broncos had the fourth highest rate of two two tight end looks this week, so uh, we might as well blast that. Uh, Vic or Pat Shermer doesn't use the tight end uh, narrative into the sun because it just continues to be not true. Um, and I think I'd expect that to get up even higher. And this is also Eric Saubert revenge game, right? The Jags moved on from him. Eric Saubert, right? Uh, but the Jags move on from him like nothing. Um, and uh, he's been a really pleasant surprise for the Broncos as that uh, second 2A, 2B tight end. Um, so I'm excited to see more uh, tight end usage. And um, it's again, it's probably just me being a biased Iowa Hawkeye fan. Um, but uh, the two tight end look is probably my favorite if you have two good tight ends. Because if you're forcing less cornerbacks on the field and more linebackers and you can throw with the tight ends, Good luck. I mean, teams don't even have one linebacker that can hang with a lot of these tight ends. Uh, I'm 100% biased. I grew the years with uh, Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson on the same team. Like, how do you stop that? I mean, the quarterback was not great for Iowa. They still were putting up good points because of that. But that's what I'm hoping to see. Um, And uh, that could be really fun. That could, especially while you're uh, nursing back Jerry Judy. Well, and sadistically speaking, it's fun to watch tight ends get loose in the defensive backfield yeah. and start trucking guys that are 50 pounds lighter than them. I mean, it, it fires everybody up. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, I, I feel a little bad for, for the 215-pound, you know, safeties trying to come up that where, where you've got to hit a guy in stride. But, you know, it's also what makes football kind of fun and why they're wearing helmets and pads. But, you know, you turn loose a 260-pound tight end in the defensive backfield – it's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I'm glad I don't have to make that tackle. I'd be, I'd, you'd call me an ankle biter. I'd be going after somebody's ankles on that one. No way I'd hit them high. So um, for me. <laughs> the tight end, I've, I've, I'm glad it's come back because yeah. we went through a spell there. Uh, you know, pre Rob Gronkowski, I think the, I think the Patriots for lack of anything else with, with Gronk and, and Aaron Hernandez helped bring, help bring the tight end back where you could see how dangerous they can be especially with a quarterback that is extremely accurate and smart underneath. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's good. The tight end is back in vogue. And for one, I'm glad for all the sadistic reasons I just mentioned. Yeah. I mean, it's football as personnel wise. And this, I, there was a coaching clinic with Sean McVay talking about it. It's so much of it is dictating matchups and dictating box numbers pre-snap to give yourself the best look and using motion and whatnot. So like no matter what Sean McVay somehow is going to get Cooper cup up against a linebacker, how he does it every single time. I don't know, but when you have that pre-snap, um, it well, makes it Sean, so much easier for your quarterback. Sean was a state champion option quarterback at Marist High School, so he understood from being, you know, a twelve-year-old, yeah, how to read. You know, it, it was a running option, but it was still make your read. So he's been reading matchups since he could, since he put on a helmet in Pee Wee. As yeah. uh, like I said, he was a. He was a state champ option quarterback at Marist um, in 2004, maybe right around there. So he's he's uh, he's always been pretty good about about reading the matchups. Yeah, but that's something with the two tight ends. Um, it's there's 
you'd think, oh, especially in Madden, like they they lie to you in Madden, but like you ran two tight ends. Oh, this is a blocking formation. You're much more efficient passing and less efficient running the football out of 12 than you are 11. And the main reason is with 11, typically of seven guys in the box with 12, you have eight. And it's it really is that simple. Um, obviously, there's a lot that goes into it, but it is that simple. In the shop with Willie coming in as well, saying, I didn't say they didn't use him, just need to use him better, I believe. Give him some more targets. Uh, with Jerry Judy going down, I think you're going to see plenty of targets. I am interested to see one of the better athletes at linebacker this week with the Jags with Miles Jack um, and how he is used. And if you're using those two tight ends um, for the Jags, uh, obviously both Alberto Okoye-Banam and uh, Noah Fant, because they play offense, they dictate where they're going. They can win some matchups against uh, Miles Jack. But I mean, you also have then Damian Wilson or Caleb on chase on or Josh Allen that has to drop back um, and guard a tight end. That's a matchup that you want to take care of. That's one that you want. Um, so uh what do you think? What are your plans schematically for this game against this Jags defense? We haven't talked about them that much. The same. You know, you don't have to change a whole lot about this. They're they're weak up the gut. And, and when you're weak up the gut, you can run the ball. When you can run the ball, you can do anything else. Yep. So there you're you're gonna it's the, this the the game plan shouldn't be any different than what it was against the New York Giants because the New York Giants are better defensively than the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're tougher up front and they're they're just better. They're a better defense. Better. Yeah. So run it right at them. And then play yep. off of that, you know, until you stop the run. Then when they stop the run, run it again. When they stop it a few times, now now we'll start, you know, then then you play. But the it's going to be established to run and work your play action. Plain and simple. It's, it's not going to be too complicated because they're not very good. They can't match up with you physically. Yeah. I will say, though, I have a lot more trust coming out of that week one game with Teddy, um, where if Jacksonville is schematically is saying, nope, you're not running the ball. Beat us on the outside of the quarterback. Fine. Okay. We'll do that. Take yeah. a, you're competent enough now at the quarterback position where if a team is selling out to stop the run schematically, you can take advantage of that. And we'll run some, we'll run some tight end screens, you know, yeah. I mean, just simple, you know, a quick hitch to KJ Hamler. We'll get, we'll get the ball to him in space, two yards behind the line of scrimmage and see if you can make a one-on-one -on -one tackle. Yep. Um, you know, you might once, but if we do that five times, he's going to break a few. So they just don't, again, we said it about New York giants. Don't beat yourselves. Yeah. And just let your talent take over this game. I, I saw some comments in the in here about, uh, you know, it was nice just having a, a sense of feeling that you're going to win this game. It was a comfortable feeling for a change that you're just yeah. better. It's like we're better than these guys. Yep. And in, in football, in, in this football, that usually matters. <laughs> yeah. The better team usually wins the game. Uh, you know, it's just it's a bigger, stronger, faster game. And you're, you're better than these guys. Just don't beat yourselves. Yep. Um, but I, I really think that is some people kind of lose sight of, you know, we have to run the football, blah, blah, blah. But if they are schematically taking it away and you are competent enough of the quarterback to audible hot read uh, out of that look into an easier pass play, that's just an extension of the run game. We've seen it yeah. for years with Manning and Brady. Obviously, the Teddy's not that guy. Um, but if you can do what they did and you have the weapons on the outside that can win, do it. Lean into it. I think that's 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 easy. The, they don't have enough talent to sell out in one way. You know, yeah. they don't have two shutdown corners where we can say, okay, we're going to, we're going to, you're going to count on two tight ends. Fine. We're going to put nine in the box and we're going to match up one-on-one -on, -one on the corners. You do that and you're going to start, Teddy's going to start throwing three pointers. KJ Hamler, baby. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's just going to start lobbing him. the ball up. You can close your eyes. I'm going to lob it up. One of these guys is going to beat you to the ball. If you're, if you're going to put nine in the box. For so sure. um, they're, they're not good enough to, to sell out in any one way. Yep. I agree with you. I am a little bit surprised in hindsight that the Giants 
didn't sell out, but like committed so much against the run as they did, considering they have those two hogs on the interior defensive line. Um, but uh, it made it easy, easy going for Teddy in the passing offense. They were the either the first or second most efficient passing game in the league last year or uh, last week. So we'll see if that continues. Uh, Trevor coming in. Nick and Scott, who do we need to contact to get the Broncos to bring back the mile high salute? Um, this is one that uh, I got a pitch here and somebody put me in contact with them. Actually, I am a, Monte Ball follows me on Twitter, so maybe I should reach out to Monte Ball. But uh, <laughs> Melvin Gordon um, is the one I think who should be really bringing back that mile-high salute. He's the Broncos' number one running back right now, 1A for sure. Um, and he's off, he's really had some, I wouldn't say terrible, but like a little bit of a tough go with the fans because he was brought in when Broncos fans were diehard loyal to Philip Lindsay, and uh, people saw that as a slight to Philip Lindsay. Also, a lot of people didn't like him uh, getting paid a big contract. And then the Broncos bring in Pookie Williams. So like, it's just constantly a lot of Broncos fans are looking to move on or tear down Gordon when he's good. If Gordon comes in, scores a couple touchdowns and starts doing the mile high salute, you turn around that fan base and that narrative fast. So I think the one right here, just from a PR perspective, Melvin Gordon. Von Miller sack. Oh yeah. (laughs) Get your leader, get, get get your leader, get the, get the guy on Mount Rushmore. Uh, He's, you know, you're not going to have him for too much longer. You know, yeah. if you get as old as I do, you know, a season, you can hold your breath for a season and it's gone. Um, Von Miller's first sack, throw it up yeah. there and it, it's two. back. <laughs> oh, okay. The no, other I mean one. of the game, of the next yeah, game. Yeah. Uh, the other one would be a, uh, if you can get Teddy Bridgewater to run one in, kind of an option route or a bootleg or something, and then Teddy runs up to a section of the fans, especially in that Jets game, and does that does that mile high salute? People will lose Drew Locke. Who I don't even I don't know, know that. Name. See, for me, I don't know that Teddy's earned that right yet, though. I mean, it's 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 one thing, but I mean, it, that's a Denver thing. It's like yeah. I know you're the Denver quarterback, but you know Teddy's almost too humble. I mean, I can see him doing it, but I could also I could also know why he wouldn't. You know, this just, is I like the, Teddy, this is like the Vaughn thing. chicken walk that he does like that, <laughs> that meme from him in high school. God, hilarious. This I don't know. A, if this, is a, this is a Vaughn thing. I think Vaughn's got a Vaughn's yeah. got to get it going. Or somebody to really put themselves on the map and really get himself a, uh, a campaign going. Uh, Draymond Jones really like a fans kind of starting to know him, but he's, he's an unknown in the league. If Draymond starts, you know, doing the mile high salute after getting some sacks or stuff in the backfield, um, I think people might really start paying attention to him. So we'll see. We really need to. It's ar- It's already obvious to me. Uh, maybe it was just one game, but I think after this game, it's going to be time for a Draymond Jones uh, Pro Bowl bid campaign that's going to have to be grassroots because he's not a early first round pick. <laughs> well, and like I said, I was watching. I was watching the the defensive end, and he was sliding in a tackle. Um, I don't remember his name. I, I wrote it down and then forgot it because he he had one start. The defensive end for the Houston Texans, it was his first start. He's been in the league for – he had one start last year, so it was his second start. He was killing the Jaguars, killing them. I was like, oh, my God, Draymond Jones is going to feast. Yeah. Front, rush four. You know, we're talking about blitz this, blitz that. No, no, rush four. That's that's how we're going to start. We're not, I wouldn't start by blitzing his eyes out. I'd say, all right, all right, kid, you're going to look at seven in, in coverage, and you're going to have Von Miller and Draymond Jones breathing down your neck. Um, that a should be people, enough. A lot of people think – uh, quarterbacks, especially rookie quarterbacks, struggle with pressure. And that, while that's true to an extent, I think it's more of the complex coverages on the back end pre snap. Um, that is the biggest difference from college to the NFL. And Trevor Lawrence is as cerebral as they come. I know that. But uh, I think that if you can get organic pressure with four and confuse him on the back end and make him question what he's seeing, that's when things spiral out of control. And that's when you take control. The front four is almost like the running game on offense, it cures everything. 
Yeah. You know, if your front four is, is dominant, it cures everything. You know, if I can if I can run the ball when I need to run the ball, I'm going to beat you on offense because it mm -hmm. sets up everything else. So that, that I mean, that's really the key. You know, if, yeah. if Vaughn, Draymond, Malik Reed's coming in, we might see we might see some Bradley Chubb coming back. Um, then everything else is, you know, will take care of itself. Yep. Um, we almost are, we're almost out of here, guys. Thanks to everybody who's contributed so far to the chat and everything like that. Uh Obviously, super chat, superstar, super stickers. Um, very, very helpful getting your draws in for that Justin Simmons jersey, and especially everybody liking, sharing, subscribing to our channels. Um, before we get on out of here, because this is the last time we will be uh, together on a show, I think you'll be producing maybe Saturday night. Um, but talking, is there anything about this Jags team that stands out to you as a potential concern for the Broncos? We talked a little bit about Trevor Lawrence, but is there anything on here? It's like, okay, this is pretty underrated. This could be a problem. They, they've, they've got it. If they can clean up some of the mistakes, you know, we talk about there's forced errors and there's unforced errors. Drop balls when you're yep. open. O'Shaughnessy dropped a couple of them that yeah. he should have caught. Chark had a couple drops that he should have had. You know, you got a rookie quarterback. I mean, yeah, he's the number one overall. He's uber talented, blah, 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 blah. But you, you got to pick him up. You got to help him out. So if they clean some of that stuff up, those drives are completely different. That game yeah. is completely different right off the bat if they're not making those easy to fix mistakes, not easy to fix. Got to catch the ball, but that shouldn't happen. Um, so if they start getting that rolling, start getting a little momentum at home, start getting a little belief, it's going to be a tougher team to beat. So yeah. get out on them early, run the ball, put them in the ground, get some pressure on the quarterback because you'll be able to pressure him more than Houston was able to pressure him. And Houston was getting some decent pressure on him. Um, but Denver should be able to do it with the front four. Like we just talked about. So, but the key is, is Trevor Lawrence is really, really good, and his receivers didn't help him out that much last week. Yeah, they should. They shouldn't be that bad again this this, this week. Yeah, and I will say the on paper for me looking at this Jags team, though, while they weren't great uh, last week, although they do have a solid uh, left guard and center duo um, with uh, Linder on paper. Linder is like one of the highest paid centers, and Andrew uh, Norwell. Ohio State, man, that Ohio State offensive line when they won that national championship was dominant. Goodness. Ezek got a lot of credit, but that's a, that's one of those blockers for them. Offensive uh, line play. Who would have thought that you good offensive line play could be good for your team? That's crazy talk. Oh man, it's uh it's been a bit, although I mean it's it's fun to talk about. Uh sorry about your Falcons, but there's some good offensive <laughs> line coming up in this next game. But the thing that concerns me about the Jags on paper is the overall size and athleticism that they have at the wide receiver position. And they are men after your heart because they are all power forwards. Yeah, Mar yeah. Marvin Jones is one of those guys. You know, I think I saw him playing small forward for the Hawks. You know, that, that might have actually been a different Marvin Jones, but, you know, just, just kidding. But, yeah, he's a, he's he's my type of wide receiver. You yeah. know, the, the, the big size, athletic, jumpy. And then, you know, once they get – they might not be as fast in the 40 – but that yeah. doesn't matter. Once you get those guys stretched out and they're at top speed, you're not catching them either. Yeah. You know, so it's uh he's he's my kind of guy. And uh, yeah. like I said, Lawrence had a good game. Trevor Lawrence had a good game. He didn't get a whole lot of help last week. No, he's really one that ugh, I wish they had a really competent run game for him because he'd be so good in the checks to that and then feel, the play action. I feel awful for Etienne. Just yeah. just awful. I mean, they yeah. tried. You can't say they didn't try. You know, yeah. didn't they? They took him one pick after he was the second running back taken in the draft, one pick behind Najee Harris, I think. And, you know, he tears up a knee or an Achilles. I can't remember which. doesn't matter. He's out for a year. 
Yeah, it might have been a Liz Frank injury, which is not great. But uh, the wide receivers for Jags, you got DJ Chark, who's 6'4", 200. Marvin Williams, who's 6'2", 200. And LaVisca Chenault, who is 6'1", 230. Uh, what an absolute unit. Pretty much a running back there as a wide receiver body. Um, so those are the guys that kind of concern me, especially considering um, Bryce Callahan, I thought was the best linebacker on the field, or a cornerback on the field last week. Uh, but but he is a little bit smaller, and these are some big boys that he's going to have to go against. And Bryce Callahan versus LaVisca Chenault is a big slot. That's an interesting matchup, no doubt about it. Um, and then also you're going to be looking out for uh, um, those other guys. I mean, P- Patrick Sertan's first game starting purely boundary. Um, those are some big boys that he's going to have to body against. So maybe not the most elite wide receivers, but they're all big. And that prevent, uh, that presents a unique matchup issue for the Broncos. So we'll see. Nick, what's the best pass defense? Uh, pass rush. Quarterback on his ass. Yeah. You know, the front four will take the front four does what we think they can do. The rest will take care of itself. We've Ooh. said it three or four times already. Even um, better. Playing with a lead. But that is an if, <laughs> you know, I don't, yeah. don't talk to me about playing with a lead. Um, I'd rather see Matty ice with the ball and, you know, a down, down four and two yeah. minutes to go than up 28, three. Uh, um, so <laughs> that's the Atlanta six, 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 if anything, 28 to three, but um, yeah, the pressure on the quarterback should be the difference maker. The, the, uh, yeah. A good defensive end makes for the best corner, you know? So we'll, I, I think that'll take care of itself. Absolutely. Well, guys, t- speaking of taking care of itself, that's probably gonna have to do it for us today on Broncos for breakfast. We're over an hour now. Um, we appreciate the heck out of you guys. You can follow Scott and myself on Twitter, Scott at scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall, MHH follow us at huddle up pod and at mile high huddle, go to huddleuppod.com, get your uh, Broncos for breakfast gear, put it in your Abbey. Uh, let's get some of that going. Cause uh, obviously Chad and Zach have the, uh, the flagship program, but um, you guys seem to enjoy this one as well. So let's, uh, let's start to, you know, let's, let's infringe on them a little bit. Let's make them feel a little bit uncomfortable. Like the Broncos with the chiefs, you know, chiefs have been riding high for a little bit. I'd like them just to feel a little bit uncomfortable with the Broncos breathing down their neck. So let's get that going. Um, also follow us on Facebook guys, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Um, also yeah, thank you for everybody who joined us with the, uh, superstars on facebook today getting that in um for you facebook folks for youtube thank you for the super chats and uh, super stickers uh subscribe like and share if you're joining us on youtube also make sure you're following scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash c forward slash scott kennedy yeah um, nick and i were on there yesterday and if you want to see me get angry about something watch me talk about the falcons so we, we were on there yesterday trying to discuss uh Falcons versus Eagles and, and looking forward to uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers this week. Hmm. You know, uh, maybe it's start. It's uh, after this week, it might be time to start talking some uh, edge rushers and corner draft for the, so uh, we'll start talking draft for sure. <laughs> week two. It's not even October. We're talking draft in the South, man. Uh, I don't know if you caught the uh, Michigan versus uh, Washington game, but Aiden Hutchinson chef kiss, man, who he was, Phenomenal oh, edge rusher for Michigan. Last Very week fun. was travel baseball for me, so I was in. Uh, I was at the shipyard. I've said this before. If you if hit, a, if you're sitting at a computer, Google Shipyard Park, uh, South Carolina, and it's it's really cool. It looks like Candlestick Point with with a cloverleaf of five fields uh, on the on a river point on a peninsula. There, it's really cool. Well, cool. Um, well, hopefully you get a chance to enjoy some games this week. A lot of good Big Ten games. Um, so I'll probably be parking my butt at home because it's going to pour rain up here. But uh, everyone, stay safe. Uh, I will see you guys Saturday night for an episode of Mile High Insiders. Um, And uh, Scott will be around working, producing stuff. And we will both see you guys 
Tuesday morning and Tuesday evening for both those shows. Um, but until then, hopefully we'll have a, a Broncos game to celebrate, a Broncos victory to celebrate. You guys stay safe. Thanks to everybody for contributing, um, not only financially, of course, but just in the comments in general. It's a really good chat in here. Um, there's very little, if ever, any toxicity, which is maybe it's because you guys are groggy. The coffee's still kicking in. Um, but uh, the caffeinated really bliss is how yes. I like to refer to it. Yes, exactly. But um, appreciate the heck out of you guys. Uh, stay safe. Um, enjoy the game this weekend. Enjoy your weekend. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.